Hello, and welcome to Talking About It, a podcast from New Canaan, Connecticut, dedicated to reducing the stigma around behavioral health issues our community members face, preventing abuse, and promoting healthy relationships. I'm your host, Cindy Graziano. Each month, we'll share a new episode, including topics such as girl empowerment, teen body image, bullying, relationship violence, helping friends in crisis, social media awareness, and much more. Our goal is to create an educational and open dialogue within the New Canaan community and beyond, because we're not perfect and we're talking about it. Today's podcast is Parenting During and Post COVID-19. Our guest today is Allison Mahoney. Allison and I can see each other, though we are social distancing via a virtual platform today. Allison Bram Mahoney is the director of Bram Speech and Language Consultants. She is an experienced speech language pathologist and has worked with clients from early childhood through adulthood for almost 20 years. Allison has a degree in communication disorders from Penn State and a master's in speech language pathology from Emerson College. Allison is also a founder of New Canaan Moms, a group that has almost 3,000 members. Welcome, Allison. Hello, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me today. We find ourselves going from a six to 10 week isolation to lifting of those parameters now. What are some of the issues parents may need to pay attention to as children of all ages emerge from this isolation? Well, a big challenge I've seen so far is really people with differing levels of comfort with the changing regulations and the uncertainty of what activities and events will be safe and appropriate for the summer. There's some anxiety and even a little bit of anger amongst the adults who don't really agree with each other. People are annoyed and they feel that some are taking too many or too few precautions. I've seen many cases where children are actually handling the isolation better than their parents. None of this is normal for any of us, but if we try to find our own peace with it and understanding, then we really can model acceptance and understanding for our children. We need to be really careful not to be judgmental of other families and their decisions. Everyone has a different situation. People have different emotional and health and financial situations that are um, causing them to react differently. So I think we have to be really flexible and teach our children this flexibility as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I do think that anxiety of coming back into the world is going to be a challenge. And I wonder if there are other risks or challenges for kids as we emerge. We know that there are some concerns, but are there other risks? And how do parents best prepare for this next step in the pandemic? How do they get their kids ready as they come out of isolation? Well, we know that even as kids come out of isolation, things aren't going to be exactly the same as they were in the past. So there, there's that to prepare kids for. And also the summer will be different. People will have to change their travel plans and camp plans, and that'll be upsetting to some children. I think it's really important that we try to find other activities and make special family time. 
it's you know really a good time to be creative and try new things. We can still make lasting memories for children and parents. And I think a lot of it is about how you spin it and make the summer, summer memorable for everyone as we come out of this. Yeah, that that is absolutely a good reminder for parents on how they tee up their messaging. And we want to talk about some of the best and, as you said, creative ways to tee that up. When we talk about um, listening to children and learning how to, of course, read their emotions because they may not always use language that clearly states how they're feeling, these are things that parents obviously need to pay attention to. And before we talk about some of the really creative things that you and the and moms are involved with, I wondered if we might talk a bit about raising children with special needs. Parents with special needs kids have learned how to be very, very resilient already, even before COVID-19 started. Are there some strategies for those parents out there raising special needs kids during this time that you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is stressful for all parents and especially stressful on parents who are now taking on a lot of additional roles with children with disabilities. I mean, the first thing that I tell all of the parents that I've spoken to is to try to relax a little. There's a lot of pressure. We need to try to look at the big picture of children with disabilities while addressing things in small steps. The constant stress and pressure is not helpful to anyone's mental health. I encourage the parents to celebrate small successes while looking at the big picture of what children need to learn. It's a very different role for parents to be the teacher and the therapist in addition to that essential role of being the mom or dad. So it takes an adjustment period on both sides of the relationship to figure out how the new roles will be reconciled. Parents can really either strengthen their bonds with their children during this time, or they can damage them. And so it's a conscious choice and the relationship is really the paramount importance. Many parents of children with disabilities really rely on school time for some rest in addition to the therapy that the children receive. Um, so most children really crave structure, routine, clear expectations. And while home isn't gonna have the same structures as a camp or school, it's important to let kids know what to expect from their day. Some children really will need a written or visual schedule. And it doesn't have to be as fancy as maybe a teacher or therapist would do it. Often you could just write it on a whiteboard each day and let the kids know what you expect from them and take things in small segments to make it throughout your day. Also, it's important that parents have a support network, whether it's family, friends, or an online community. It really helps to talk to other people, get ideas from other parents, and express their emotions. Even when people can't be in your home to help you, there's still a lot of help and resources out there. Parents might feel like they can't get a break now that they're taking on so many additional roles in the home. So it's been helpful to find some activities that children can do safely and independently. So we've found a lot of success with parents doing some creative projects like painting, coloring, making collages, Legos, reading, educational videos and apps. They can give parents a little break to regroup and students have some safe unstructured time to do things on their own. 
I also love lessons that have a real world impact and children can see the function of them. Often children with disabilities are just asked to do things that they don't see the purpose of, or they might not see the connection to their real world when lessons are taught from worksheets or videos that don't directly relate to them. So really with language, language and learning is everywhere. And the quality of conversations and authentic experiences are fantastic language lessons. And that should be really reassuring for parents that these activities are really reinforcing and children are learning. Daily reading with children is probably the number one way to encourage language and literacy development. And we know that language and literacy development go hand in hand. Some other ideas that have worked well for our clients because they use some natural experiences include things like emailing a family member to ask them a specific question and then waiting for the response, following recipes, going on a scavenger hunt, calling a restaurant to order dinner, writing a thank you note, planning and building a birdhouse, writing a persuasive letter to get something you would like or to do a special activity. And it's always important to give small rewards and high praise for a job well done. Children really, really respond well to positive reinforcement. Those are great, Allison. And so many of these things apply across the board. I do think the special needs kids those structure ideas that you mentioned and the reading and some of these really fun interactive looking at things in the bigger world are so terrific. And I know many special needs camps like MBA are doing virtual camps and do provide some cool activities for kids of every age. Well, let's, let's begin to turn our attention a bit and use some of these ideas that you've laid out to build the foundation for even more ideas and positive strategies. You know, we know research is telling us at least that most people will thrive and do very well during this time. And that we need to think of it as a learning experience, of course, during this isolation time. And the American Academy of Pediatrics reinforces the need to remain calm, using your language to take off some of that stress. And particularly going into these summer months, uh, one of their recommendations, of course, is to address your children's fears with honesty. And so with your background and some of the great ideas you've mentioned and some of the New Canaan moms uh, have pro provided some very unique experiences for their families, how do we begin to address, whether you're a parent or a caregiver or a family friend, how do we begin to express some of the support for children's feelings, how they are feeling during this time? Well, I always tell parents to be as honest as possible. There are lots of resources to help present information in a factual, age-appropriate way, using clear and honest language without frightening children. Also, ask children what they know already and what they're curious about. A lot of times if we follow their leads, it really, re it really will be reassuring to them and it also lends itself to a very honest and natural conversation. And some things you may not have to introduce to them. Children are very resilient and they take cues from their parents about how they should be feeling. It's a stressful time and the children can sense their parents' stress and frustrations. It's a time of uncertainty and everyone needs to emphasize the value of flexibility. I mean, we really don't have any other choice. When it's really difficult, we need to use a schedule and be clear with what the 
schedule is. It's okay for kids to have a wide range of emotions and modeling honest conversation about those emotions shows children that it's okay to have these different feelings. I find that children, especially those with communication disabilities, may not specifically talk about their feelings, but they do show how they're feeling through their behavior. So patience, compassion, flexibility as children deal with their emotions needs to be constant and we need to be really sensitive to it. I always tell parents that all behavior is communication. They may not be saying how they're feeling, but they're showing you through their actions. Well, it may be obvious uh, to parents out there, but just to be clear, what are some of the behaviors you might see that children do express without using their language, their words, what are some of those behaviors you might see in a child who's under stress or concern or fear? A lot of times what we see is refusal and non-compliance. They might not wanna participate in, in an activity that you might think they would enjoy or they're saying no or refusing to do something. If there's any changes in sleep patterns or eating patterns, those are usually telltale signs as well. Sometimes kids don't even know. It's just something inside that they're not able to really tell you and they don't really know why they're feeling this way. Those are good reminders for adults too, when we might want to refuse or not sleep or whatever those behaviors are that you've just mentioned about children. We may even see them in our own day-to-day uh, -day adult life. Could you give us some ways that you have encouraged other moms in town and dads to stay positive? Well, since starting the moms group six years ago, it's grown into a really unique and powerful community resource and support system for the moms in our town. It's really hard to feel helpless with so many changes that are really out of our control, but having people to confide in, ask advice, is really stabilizing and reassuring to people. So giving people a focused way to do something concrete to help the community during challenging times has been a very powerful, positive force. We find that doing good for others makes us feel good and gives us some purpose and direction. So we've really worked to find ways for the community to come together. Some of the examples of this were collecting funds to purchase gift cards from local stores and restaurants. And we've supported the local community by that and also given to our elderly, first responders, the local residents who are supported by the town health and human services. We're really looking to support the most vulnerable population. We've sent meals from New Canaan restaurants to the local hospitals. We've boosted our local businesses that are struggling with the COVID closures and also helped our first responders in doing that. We've also done things like collecting batteries to supply the local hospital, donating water and food to the local nursing homes. They really have had some devastating loss there and we wanna to try to boost the morale there. People feel better that they can do something useful. And this is also a really great example to set for our children. We also brought the community together with this fantastic project called the Front Steps Project. And for this, eight local photographers donated their time and talent to take photos of families outside their front doors. The photographers stayed well more than six feet away and the families got a photo of their family standing outside their home during this unprecedented time. As a thank you for the photos, families donated the sitting fee, and that money will all go right back into the community. So the past few weeks, 
I've really been full of people posting on social media their family photos and their new pets. New pets seems to be another popular strategy that people have, have really taken to, to keep them entertained and positive. And coming together for a common purpose has mitigated the feelings of isolation and helplessness that a lot of people were feeling. We're soon going to be starting another project with the Service League of Boys, which is a local group of 200 high school boys that do service projects with their parents, largely their moms. Because of the social distancing, a lot of projects that they would have done in the past, they can't do. So they're being really creative in how they volunteer in the community. And they still want to do activities with their parents and immediate family members instead of their peers to help the community. Those are are all great ideas. And it seems like there's a theme in all of this that we're talking about, and that is just compassion. Compassion for our families, compassion for our, our neighbors, that we don't jump to conclusions or blame too quickly, compassion to the community at large, compassion to those that are in need and suffering. So I think those are phenomenal ideas and things that people can really relate to and take and think about how they too can do some of these things. So to close out our podcast today, Allison, I want to thank you so much and want you to just leave our listeners, parents, kids, friends, family, anything at all to ensure the very best learning and support for kids now and in the coming months. Anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Sure. I just want to say, take a deep breath. We're all doing our best. We're all going to get through this together. Try to enjoy the small moments and really reach out if you need help. Thank you, Allison, for your great insight and your ideas on parenting, not only today, but as we move into the next phase of the pandemic. There's going to be more change and more uncertainty. So these ideas of stabilizing, finding creative ways to reach out, managing our own stress, listening to our children, they may seem like simple ideas, but practiced every day, they can be such a tremendous and significant impact to the community. We want to thank you again, Allison, and to our listeners. We have been talking with Allison Mahoney, the director of Bram Speech and language consultants. Thanks so much for having me today, Cindy. I really hope this was useful for parents. Today's episode of Talking About It is part of a series of monthly podcasts dedicated to helping break the cycle of abuse and creating healthy relationships. Future topics will build on this theme. Our goal is to raise awareness of behavioral health issues and create an open dialogue. Remember, if you or someone you know is in immediate danger, call 911. For crisis intervention and other services and resources, including safety planning, counseling, and emergency shelter, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233, or in Connecticut, you can call or text the statewide abuse hotline at 1-888-774-2900. This podcast has been made possible by the New Canaan Abuse Prevention Partnership, D.D. Bartlett Founder, a grant from the New Canaan Community Foundation, and Inovia Media Group, Robert Doran, and Claire Ayub, Executive Producers.